Episode 31, Pete Hansberger, Culture Shock. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, get ready. This show is packed with insightful and innovative ideas to get the results you want in business. Actually, you probably should grab a pen and paper for this one. There's so much good stuff on how to get movement in your company through leadership and people alignment and winning strategies around action. Actually, I've got a few quotes that I want to kick us off with just to set the alignment. Action is the foundational key to all success. Pablo Picasso. What gets measured gets managed. Peter Drucker. Accountability is the glue that ties commitment to the result. Bob Proctor. So actions, KPIs, and accountability, this show has these ingredients, and these ingredients make highly engaged and productive teams. So let's hear it from Pete. Pete Hansberger believes the key to success in any organization is having a focused plan to execute on. When he creates these plans, he's using a reverse engineering approach, starting with a 10-year goal and working backwards until breaking it down into quarterly or even weekly benchmarks. Once breaking down a company's goal into these bite-sized pieces, the next step is knowing how to fire up employees and get them to buy in. Pete is all about setting the tone to get everybody on the same page to take action. He's about to come right on the set, but first, let's hear from our today's Gut Plus Science sponsor. Custom Concrete has been creating foundations for the finest homes, commercial buildings, and industrial facilities throughout central Indiana since 1969. Builders, contractors, and homeowners rely on our expertise because so much depends on getting it right. Our knowledge and control of all aspects of the job, from excavation to waterproofing to backfill, means that extra value is built into every project. Codes don't drive our business. Excellence does. See the difference at customconcrete.com. All right, we're back. We're so ready to dive into a conversation around companies that execute and the fired up cultures that are created because of their results. When employees see results through the experience of having strong and fair accountability, it significantly impacts culture. We've got Pete Hansberger on the show today. He is the integrator and lead facilitator for Culture Shock, a company whose mission is dedicated to driving engaged teams that produce shocking results. So excited to dive into a topic that he is passionate about and works in every day. So Pete, before we do anything else, we're going to just dive right into this first question. What are the keys that make companies stand out, those who execute really well? When we think about companies that execute really well, some of the keys, uh, one is that they have a plan. They know what they're attempting to execute because a lot of companies, especially small to mid-sized businesses, a lot of times they're founded in the image of the entrepreneur who has a great idea, who has one great product. And that entrepreneur just is going to continue to execute, you know, just as much as he or she thinks that they need to, to stay in business without any real sort of plan. But once we can nail down a plan, uh, it's amazing to see what kind of results that companies can have. And the plan has got to be crystal clear to everyone in the organization, especially starting with the leadership team of that company. If they've got a clear plan, number one, then number two, they've got a clear cadence of how they're going to execute on that plan. Number three, everybody in the organization, in addition to knowing what the plan is, they need to know how they fit into that plan. And then number four, the team has got to have an outlet or they need to know who to go to when they have questions or issues or 
or uh, opportunities related to that plan. Good stuff. All right. So you're talking about having a plan. Um, if you broke that down and kind of shared with us best practices about formulating a plan, like what are the key components that outline a strong plan for these companies that execute well? Well, without being able to see the future, you need to be able to use information that you have as a leadership team and then project what you want to accomplish and what you think is realistic to accomplish uh, in the near future. And so what we recommend to clients is it, it might sound a little crazy, but start 10 years from today and then put, you know, come up with what you think is possible and where you'd really like to see your business in 10 years, then break that down into a little bit more bite-sized pieces by thinking, okay, what do we need to do in the next three years that is going to put us on pace to execute our 10-year target? And then taking a step closer in time, what do we need to do in the next one year, the next calendar year, that's going to allow us to be on pace to accomplish our three-year target and our 10-year target? And then one more step further, what do we need to do in the next 90 days, the next quarter, that's going to put us on pace for our one year, for our three year, and for our 10 year. If we can just be open and honest about what's realistic, but also challenge each other and have high standards for the, for the business, uh, breaking it down like that into more bite-sized pieces. And you can even go as far as saying, we're going to track behaviors and activities on a scorecard once a week that we know we need to accomplish in the next quarter. So we can tell ourselves if we're on track or we're off track for our quarterly goals. All right. And then, then every quarter you can reassess, are we on pace for the one year? Do we need to tweak anything? Are we on pace for the three year? And are we on pace for the 10 year? And so being able to do that and, and having a, a every number or every goal tied to one person and one person only, we're able to drive accountability that way. And we're able to get people excited about if I accomplish my, my weekly scorecard number, or if I accomplish my goal every quarter, now, that gives me more energy and more excitement that I think, you know what, it's starting to become a little bit more possible, a little bit more doable. You know, it's the old adage, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? We, we figure out what's the elephant that's way out there in the future. And you may change it or slightly tweak it here and there. But once we figure that out, we can work our way back, reverse engineer it and figure out, OK, what do I actually need to do in the next week that is going to help me get closer to the 10 year target? As crazy as that might sound. Okay. And so let's continue down that path of getting uh, employees fired up around this plan. So how do, what are best practices? Maybe it's a story you could share to illustrate this. How do these companies gain buy-in from their people and get their people fired up to want to create the results? Well, first of all, we need to make sure that the leadership team is, is completely bought into the plan and they have unwavering support of the plan because we've seen a lot of organizations where the leadership team says, yeah, this is what we're going to do. But, you know, a couple couple people on that team, you know, maybe the head of sales and marketing says, you know, this is what the boss is making us do. All right. If that happens, it's, it's almost impossible to get the rest of the team bought in. So once you get the leadership team completely on board, they've got a company line that they're not straying from at all. They said, you know, well, we're putting our full support and our efforts behind this. All right. Then you communicate the message of what is the plan. You communicate it ad nauseum to the rest of the team until they feel like they know it front ways, backwards, sideways, and, and every other way. Um, so communicating that plan ad nauseum is one thing. Not only allowing people to, to understand where they fit in with the plan, but also letting them know who to talk to if they ever have questions, and then setting really high standards. And we talk about 
peak leadership experiences a lot. And we think about what's the best team you've ever been on, whether it's at a company, in a sports team, uh, or some other setting on a nonprofit board, doesn't matter. The best teams we ever are on that, that tend to accomplish the most, those tend to be one situations where there's really high standards. And the leader, you know, I always, I go back to my, my senior year of high school on a football team and every, every day, you know, if you were on time, you were late. If you were five minutes early, you were on time. If you were, you know, 10 minutes early, then you were, you were still on time. And the, the standards are so high that nobody was waiting for you if you started falling behind. All right. And, and that inspired everybody to want to get there extra early, to want to put in extra work. And, and as a result, you know, we had one of the most successful seasons in school history. Uh, and that was just a, a sports analogy for it. Um, but we've seen a ton of different clients that they never had a plan before. And now they're starting to open up another location or a couple extra locations, or they're hiring a bunch of employees because they've, they know that they need to build out the infrastructure for their growth. Uh, and, and all kinds of examples like that. That's good. So you work with a wide variety of companies, many different sizes and different dynamics of leadership teams. I'd love for you to take us inside of a, a company that is highly aligned as a leadership team and has fired up employees and you know, results are at the forefront of what they're there to do every day. And you can just see this engagement level uh, thriving. So you know, take us inside of that. And what is their culture like and some of the unique components that you see in the culture? Well, one of my favorite clients to work with is a, a beverage distributor in the Midwest. And this company has multiple locations. Uh, they're in a market where there's quite a bit of competition. Breweries are becoming a huge thing. Um, you know, there's becoming some saturation as it relates to that. Uh, but this organization, they have a tagline underneath their company that that really gets everybody excited. And what happens is, is everybody has they have more interest in the entire team winning than they do in their own success. And, and you see that a lot of times in really successful companies is that people are excited because the team is winning overall. And so whether it's their sales team, whether it's their IT team, whether it's their uh, the guys that work in their in their warehouse and in their facilities like that, you know, they instill this culture that you know what, we are going to be excited to go to work every day. We know what the plan is. We know what type of incentives everyone could enjoy if the entire team wins. And so I've noticed anytime we've gone in to do sessions with them, they have this thirst for learning. And they're like, you know what? If what you do is going to help us get closer to our team goals, which is going to help everybody individually in the long run, you know, we're going to pay attention to it. We're going to give it a shot. And as long as we're there listening, asking the right questions, facilitating productive discussion, keeping them energized in these sessions, I mean, they feel like, you know what, I can pull one thing out of every, every training session we have. They said they think I can pull one, one thing that I can learn from the last quarter every time we have another meeting, we come back together. I mean, then they're, they're continuously focused on what's that team goal. So we've got to establish in these organizations, not only what is that plan, like we mentioned earlier, all right, but, but we need people that, that live and breathe uh, the fact that it's more important that the team is successful than, than that my ego gets stroked or that I feel like I'm right all the time. We've got to continuously focus on, hey, the standards are high, but we want to win as a team because if we win as a team, then everybody's going to get the accolades. You're going to get more money. You're probably going to get you know more bonuses and incentives, but that doesn't happen unless the entire team is successful. 
That's really good. So to be able to build a cohesive team that truly works together and celebrates each other in order to get there, like with those levels of trust and all the the components that go into that, it's it's not an easy thing. It's one of those things that probably if there if you follow the step by step plan, there's definitely a way to get there, but it's not something that just happens overnight. Can you just give our listeners some insight on what are you know some of the steps or the suggestions you have to you know activities that help to drive and build teams that are high performing, trust each other, and are cohesive? All of those things. Absolutely, and let me just say as well, for in the interest of practicality, it's a lot easier for someone like me or anyone to sit and, you know, and tell you that you know all, here's all you need to do to have a great engaged team. Like you said, you know something that that is simple and can be logical, but it's so hard. Uh, that that doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile endeavor, and it's not doesn't mean it's not possible. And so, what we do, the first thing we think about is we've got to be able to catch the right people at the door uh, before they join our organization. And and as an organization, you've got to stand for something, whether it's core values, core philosophies, uh, standards for working in this environment. You've got to make sure that the people that you're bringing into the organization are obsessed with the values that you hold or with the standards that you hold and with what your what your purpose is, what your mission is, what you're trying to accomplish. Once you get those people in the door, it's, it makes your job so much easier to continue to keep them engaged because you know that, that they're in the right place to begin with. The second thing uh, we talk about is you've got to, you've got to, to create a culture of positive accountability. And we talk a lot about uh, accountability with a lot of different clients and it, and it has this negative connotation uh, quite a bit because it's, you know, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to put my thumb on you. If either do this or you're going to be punished. We think of accountability. If you can get this right, we think of it as, as one of the greatest differentiators you have within your organization to create a fully engaged culture. And we think of accountability as a positive, all right? It is one of the one of the highest forms of service I can offer another human being is to hold them accountable. So if you think about it, if, if, I'm, if I'm leading somebody and myself and that person have a conversation about what that person needs to accomplish to become great, and I don't hold them accountable to that, I'm doing that person a disservice. So we can actually provide them a service by saying, hey, here's what we think the company needs from you this next week or this next month or this next quarter or this next year. All right. And I want to hold you accountable to that because I think that you're going to it's going to make you a lot better. I think it's going to help this organization be more successful. Uh, If you accomplish these things, you string a couple great quarters together, you know, you're going to make more money in the long run. Uh, And that kind of stuff is engaging because it shows that the leader is really invested, not not only in the entire company's success, but each leader is invested in their people's success. And I think people appreciate that when it's coming from a place of service and when it's coming from, uh, you know, I really want the best for you, as opposed to just me saying, you know what, either do this or you're in trouble. Show up on time here or you're in trouble. You know, that conversation, we try to flip on its head and say, you know what, you know, I want to help you figure out what you want to do to become as successful as possible, to add as much value to this organization as possible so that you're happy. Uh, And so accountability you know, can be a really positive thing. And and sometimes it comes down to having some of those conversations, you know, instead of talking about, hey, here's what your goal needs to be, you know, we'll talk about, hey, here's what we think the goal needs to be. Do you agree or disagree? All right. Can I get you to commit to this? All right. And once you commit to that, how would you like me to hold you accountable to that? Should I check in? Will you please commit? 
to letting me know if you ever start falling off track so that I can help you get back on track. Look, I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you uh, as your leader. And if we can do that, that we found that to be really engaging. We've seen a lot of companies take their culture and, and start to thrive with it by using that positive accountability. That's great. Healthy accountability is so important. And I'm, I'm looking to you for a little bit of advice around cadence for accountability. So it sounds like you're saying in the beginning, there's clear expectations between the team members or the, the leader and the, the team member on what they're trying to accomplish and how they're going to check in and how they're going to ask for help and things like that. But is there just like a, a rule of thumb on, you know, accountability for teams in coming together to check in on goals versus one-on-one accountability type meetings? Anything to share on that? Well, everybody has meetings. So we, we like meetings only if they're effective. Uh, internally and with most of our clients, they hold a once a week meeting. Uh, that, in that meeting, uh, each person who's in, involved has either a 90-day goal or they have a, a scorecard number that gets measured once a week. For the scorecard number that gets measured once a week, it has to have single ownership. You can't have two people own the same thing. Otherwise, uh, there can be a tendency to point fingers. So we've noticed in these once a week meetings that if everybody has to report their own number, nobody wants to be falling short of their number two or three or four weeks in a row and have to share that in front of other people. So there's a little bit of peer pressure, which I think is used for the positive when it comes to that. For the 90-day goals, they have to share whether they're on track or off track. And they have to be as open and honest as possible uh, to accomplishing that goal uh, on a weekly basis. So if by week four into a quarter, somebody falls off track, then that gives us an opportunity to, to talk about that issue and try to figure out how can we solve it or how can we get it back on track. The other thing as far as cadence goes, uh, sometimes it's helpful to do one-on-one conversations. And those can take place in, in sort of an ad hoc situation. Um, but we recommend, if possible, sit down with people for a, a casual conversation one-on-one about once a quarter. And if you go through once a quarter and you just run through with, with each employee that you have, and you know this is not always possible depending on how many, how many employees are at your company, but we've seen so, some companies that are clients of ours that are, that are hundreds of people that are, are meeting with every person in the organization, every manager is meeting with their employees once a quarter to just spend 10 to 15 minutes talking about, hey, how are you feeling about these core values? Are you, are you acting in line with the core values? All right, what are your three to five most critical responsibilities within your current role? How are you doing against those? And then what other general feedback do you have for me as a leader? And so if you can just do that, spend a couple minutes on each of those pieces, uh, you'll get more of a casual conversation and you can you can change things and you can improve things every quarter as opposed to waiting to the end of the year then finding out that you know back in march this person became a little bit unhappy and that started to fester and fester and fester we kicked the can down the road without even knowing about it and now the employee is extremely unhappy and is starting to uh, cause problems within the organization Okay. So Pete, I want to shift here because these shows go so fast and I I really want to dive into the Buffalo story and this theory that it brings into workplaces. I know that's something that you all are really big on at Culture Shock. So I'm going to let you launch right into that. You know, our number one core value as a business is be a Buffalo at Culture Shock. 
And for us, that's based on Native American legend that buffalo charge into storms, whereas cows run away from storms. So if you imagine a storm coming west to east across the Great Plains of the United States, the cows as a herd, they're going to run east. They're going to try to get away from the storm. You know, as soon as they first feel that first piece of hail, as soon as they see the lightning, hear the thunder, etc., Buffalo do the exact opposite. They charge as a herd directly into that storm. What happens to the cows is they think they're getting away from the weather, but it follows them. They end up in the most amount of pain for the longest time possible. The buffalo, they encounter some sharp pain early on, but they get through it a lot faster. They get to those green grass and the sunny skies a lot faster because they're not running away from it. They're running directly into it. For us, that's the metaphor, the analogy that we use for every interaction we have internally and every interaction we have with clients. We want to live that mindset of charging directly into our issues, into our opportunities, into questions, into decisions that we need to make. For me, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, if I've got a phone call that I don't want to make or I've screwed something up for a client, uh, I have the choice that I could either sweep it under the rug and hope nobody finds out all right, maybe they won't for a while, but usually it comes back to, to haunt you in the end. Or I can make that phone call and be a buffalo about it and, and apologize, fall on the sword, whatever I need to do. Uh, and we call that telling bad news fast. When it comes to uh, issues that you feel like you need to, to, to deal with within your organization, you know, it's pretty easy to kick something down the road for three to six months. But think about what kind of cost you can incur when you're sitting on an important decision or important information because you're afraid of making the wrong decision, because you just want to see how things play out, you know, that can be really expensive to sit on that critical information for months or even years. Sometimes you just need to take the best information we have and make a decision and live with that decision and move on. And so for us, being a Buffalo is is being conscious about charging head on into things that are important as opposed to running away from them. I really love that analogy and that story, and I think it's going to stick with a lot of our listeners. What are the the key attributes that come to mind when you think of a Buffalo leader? So a Buffalo leader, in our opinion, is that in a meeting, that leader is requiring the team to talk about issues that are important. So if there's something that's not being talked about that that you can kind of feel in the room, that leader saying, hey, you know what, guys? This isn't comfortable, but we've got to bring this up and we've got to get past it. A Buffalo leader is also listening to other people in a room, is taking a, a keeping their ear to the ground on the entire organization and are looking for people that, that have something they want to say and they're asking them to say it. They're elevating people and empowering people uh, and they're asking, hey, I haven't heard you talk in this meeting in a while. I'd like you to say something. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this issue. Or they're giving people an opportunity who, who they've heard through the grapevine or who they've seen themselves look like they have an idea or they have a concern or they have something to do. And they're, the leaders are being perceptive enough that they're approaching those people and saying, hey, you know, this is what needs to happen. They're being as uh, upfront and honest as possible with, with partners, with customers, with clients, uh, and with their people. They're being transparent. They're continuing to to. to uh, maintain that unwavering support for their own plan. They're sharing the plan with with their team ad nauseum, like we mentioned before. Um, and they're having those accountability conversations with their people. Because even though it's not always comfortable, it's the right thing to do. And that's how you figure out 
what, where are deficiencies? Where are our blind spots? Where are our greatest opportunities? And, and how can I drive the decisions as far down in an organization as possible? Because as a leader, you know, the, one of the best indicators I see is if people below the leader uh, at every level feel empowered to make decisions. So before we head off into our lightning round, if we focus on culture and engagement, which is what the show is all about, it's leaders listening because they're trying to pick up new ideas and strategies on how do I build that culture? What is the one thing, if you could recommend one thing for leaders to reflect on, to take a look at, am I doing this to be able to kind of evaluate, you know, this one thing can really catapult and help change their organization? What, what, is, what is that one thing to you? Well, we think a lot of poor culture is just derived from a lack of organization and a lack of clarity. And so if there's one thing, it would be a leadership team getting together and, and determining, do we have a clear plan? Do we, know, do, do we know and do our people know what we want to accomplish at least three years down the road and then one year down the road and then 90 days down the road? And if the answer isn't a resounding yes to that, we've got to figure out what it is and then we have to communicate it. All right. And the other thing is if if we need if if we're not sure and we feel like our culture is on the rocks or is struggling, we've got to make sure that that we have a set of standards or a set of core values that we can lean on in the situations where it's really difficult. We've got to be able to go back to a core value when making a, to- a tough decision or some kind of core standard and say, you know what? I'm going to make this decision because it is in line with this core value, or I'm going to say no here because it's not in line with, with what we stand for as a company. Pete, thank you. I love the energy that you bring. You shared some great strategies, tactics, and stories to help all of us up our game on productivity and overall engagement in our companies. We're going to take just a quick break here from our sponsor message today and come back to learn just a little bit more about you, Pete, on what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, it's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. All right, guys, we're back. So Pete, a couple questions for you. You can just answer, you know, really short, you know, one word or one sentence answers here. So what is your, your favorite book or one that you'd recommend to listeners today? Either Traction by Gino Wickman or The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Two good ones. How about a favorite vacation spot? I would have to say Hawaii. Went there on my honeymoon, especially Maui. Just incredible. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? For me, it's either writing or it's playing a guitar. And Pete, how can our listeners follow up with you after the show? Uh, They can check out our website, which is cultureshock.com. That's C-U-L-T-U-R-E-S-H-O-C.com. We are on Instagram at at culture underscore shock. Uh, We're at culture shock LLC on Facebook. We also have a Twitter presence, Uh, but you're welcome to either go to our website. You can email me directly, just Pete at culture shock.com. 
Pete, you just crushed it. This episode was full of examples and stories that will help so many leaders take action on the things that really create positive impact. Now I get to summarize my favorite takeaways into our truth you can act on section of Gut Plus Science. So listeners, grab onto something and try it. All right, number one, healthy accountability. So too often we think of accountability as a negative term. Let's change that mindset. It's such a positive thing. Accountability is one of the key ingredients to achieve success. So remember, what gets measured gets managed. So make sure your people embrace their goals and know the steps that they need to accomplish to win. And accountability is just a platform to help you get to the celebration point. Number two, stand firm in what you stand for. In order to foster an engaged team, you have to first know your company's values and keep everyone on point. And this is so key to hiring the right people. You want the people who join your team to be obsessed with your company's purpose, mission, and goals. And this is so core to the engine in your culture. Number three, don't just have meetings to have meetings. Let's always stop and pause to think about effectiveness and efficiency first. Why are we having the meeting and what is the outcome that we're trying to create? So always do that reflection time. The cadence of when you have meetings doesn't have to be prescribed. It's not about right or wrong amount of time or how many meetings. It's about the effectiveness in those conversations. And I think with each individual person that you lead, uh, making sure that you're meeting the needs of that human being. So regardless of how or when you meet, Pete still encourages leaders to meet with their people at least once per quarter. Um, doing so also allows us to identify potential issues and pivot for improvement rather than waiting for an annual review. But ultimately figuring out what is the need, what is the, what's the goal, and then being able to meet that. It's not a cookie cutter process. So, hey, before we all sign off, think about someone who you could share this episode with and do it. Let's all take part in making our workforce better for everyone. So we'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.